1 Chronicles chapter 22, beginning in verse number 5. And the Bible said, And David said to Solomon, My son is young and tender, and the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said unto Solomon, My son, as for me it was from my mind to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly, and thou hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build any house unto my name, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to thee, who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies around about. For his name shall be Solomon, and I will give him peace and quietness until Israel in his days. He shall build a house for me, for my name, and he shall be my son, and I shall be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with thee, and prosper thou, and build the house of the Lord thy God, as he hath said of thee. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask to be with each other and the wonders. Help us, Lord, to be mindful of the things that we need to be mindful of. Lord, help us to see the need to be a child of God today, Lord. Lord, we just ask you to uh, take the words, Lord, that we read and, and place them in our hearts, Lord, that we have a desire. And Father, we'll praise you and glorify you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I don't want to ever get over getting under the blood. Amen. Uh, always rejoice in the Lord. You may lose your money. You may lose your house. You may lose your friends. But Jesus said, notwithstanding, in this rejoice that the spirits are subject unto you, but Rather rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Amen. We have something to rejoice about tonight. Uh, the world did not give it. The world cannot take it. The government did not give it. Hollywood did not give it. Senate did not give it. Nobody gave it but God gave it. And they cannot take it away. So I'm rejoicing tonight because I have the word of God. But I, I look and see things that surround us and I, I, I focus on the young kids that we have, the young ones that we have. And this question, uh, David, David had a desire in his heart to, to build a temple for God. But God says, because you've shed so much blood that you're not going to be able to do it. And David was a man of war. You have shed the blood. But I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you the opportunity. And I'm going to let you have the honor of raising this child to build the temple of God for his glory. And the Bible said that David starts to make preparation for his son. David starts to gather the gold that cannot be numbered, silver that cannot be numbered. He starts gathering the, the cedar wood. He starts gathering all the utensils that he needed in the, uh, the, the, to build this temple and to carry out all the uh, daily tasks within this temple. David starts gathering all this. Thing. He was making preparation. He knew that he could not build this temple, but he was making preparation. He was getting it set up that he could take it and, and take it out of his hands and place it in his hands of Solomon, his son, so that Solomon can take it and grab a hold of it and run forward for the glory of God. 
this thought came to my mind, this thought laid on my heart. What are we leaving the next generation behind to hold on, to grab a hold, that they can take a hold of it and run forward for the glory of God? What are we leaving behind this next generation for them to work with? We find David hands off something to Solomon to be able to grab a hold of it and run forward for the glory of God. By the time Solomon comes along, David has, has, has at full sprint like a, a sprinter does. He's at full sprint and he takes that baton and he hands it off to Solomon and Solomon's in that full sprint and he grabs that baton and he's moving forward. He's not looking back because everything's been laid out from the very detail of what needs to be done, how it needs to be done. David has done everything that for Solomon he could do and he's got Solomon prepared to, that he can go forward and bring glory to God. Are we preparing the next generation that they can go forward and bring glory to God? Have we given them everything that they need that they can give glory to God? I, I say this, one of the greatest mission fields is not only in our country but also in our churches today. They're the young people in the church today. And we must invest into these children. They're not just the future of the tomorrow, they're the future of the day. Listen, church, God wants to help us. If we get, God help us, if we give money to other missionaries in other countries that, that children over there can get saved and be birthed in the family of God and we neglect our very own here, God help us if we don't give our kids something they can work with in the future. We need to be sure that we're doing something in this place to reach the next generation and, and reach them with an old-fashioned preaching, the old-fashioned singing, and, and we give them the power of God and, and the Holy Spirit, to, something they can hold on to it. So they can march into a new era saying it's real. It's not fake. What daddy had, what mama had was real. What we have is real in our hand. The, the shout was real. The praying was real. Uh, the, uh, the witnessing will. Uh, it was all real. I, I want them to know that what we're saying and what we're doing is just not my emotion, but it is real in the word of God. We're handing them down the eternal truths of God. What are we giving this next generation? We, we these scriptures here, we find that David gives Solomon some things to help him with. We find David gives Solomon some things that he could work with. Listen, passing down 
to the next generation is Bible principle. We, we see it throughout all the Bible. Abraham gave blessing to Isaac. Isaac gave blessing to him to Jacob. Jacob gave blessings to all 12 of the tribes of Israel. Moses handed it down to Joshua. Elijah handed it down to Elisha. And Paul handed it down to Timothy. We see that in the Bible. It's, it's Bible principle that we hand down. And what these men were handing down was not fake. It was not plastic. It was real and it was the power and authority of God. We need to be living in our generation that we hear and something they can work with and something they can move forward with to give God the glory. If we don't, we're losing them day by day. We need to fill them with the Holy Ghost and the Bible truths and give them and place the Bible in their hands, pointing them to God and leading them to God and let them go on for God. You know what they hear from preaching on Sundays and Wednesday ought to be reinforced in your homes each day. Not just on Sundays, but not just on Wednesday, but what the, the singing and the preaching and the shouting and testifying ought to be reinforced in everybody's homes every day. Not just Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It should be reinforced. It shouldn't be you living one way here at church and going home and your children see another because that gives mixed singles in their life. So what are we giving our children today that they can grab a hold of, that they can hold to, that they can move forward, that they don't stumble, they don't fall, they don't drift away. So what are we giving our children today that they can work for God? Well, we see in the text here, David gives Solomon a place of worship. This whole text is dealing with the building of the temple, the house of God. He's showing Solomon's God house how it is important to him. And we want to know that where Solomon got his love for the church, you want to see how he got his love for the church. He got it from his daddy. He got it by watching his daddy. It wasn't just David saying, uh, uh, enter into the gates with thanksgiving and into the courts with praises. Be thankful unto him. And bless his name. And Solomon learned that the house of God was important by his father. It just wasn't on Sunday. It was every day of the week that he learned that the house of God was important. For he said, for a day in the court of the house, is, in God's house, is better than a thousand years. A thousand days. I had rather to be a doorkeeper in the house of God to dwell in the tent of the wickedness. It was David that was putting a high priority on church and the worship of God. David instilled into Solomon, this is important. You need to get a hold of this. It needs to be down in your heart. This is not fake. This is real. And there's nothing more important than the house of the living God. He gave him a place of worship. He gave him a person to work with. Look at verse number 11. Now my son, the Lord be with thee. I love that. I love that. And prosper thou, and build the house of the Lord for thy God, as he hath said to thee. 
David said, son, the Lord was with me. He's telling me, son, uh, he's telling his son that uh, uh, is not always going to be here. Uh, and daddy's not going to always be able to hold your hand. And daddy's not going to be always to gather and lead you and guide you. I would love to do that, but I'm not going to always be here. But let me just say this. When I pass from this way about the flesh uh, and I pass over, there's somebody that's going to be here. And you need to get a hold of him. And he's going to be with you forever and ever. He said, I'm not going to always be here. And, and we're not going, I'm not going to always be here. I'm not going to always be here. You're not going to always be here. But we need to make sure that our children and the young people in the church has gathered and grasped what we're trying to show them. And we need to be showing them by our actions and our words and our deeds that, hey, and this is real. Uh, David gave him a place of worship and gave him a, a person to work with. Then he gave him a purpose to walk in. David and Solomon said, hey, look, Solomon. Your purpose is not to make money, although Solomon was very, very rich. But that's not your purpose. David did not tell Solomon, uh, this is the whole point of life, wine, women, and song, and money. He didn't tell him that. David left him with some spiritual things that he needed in life. Listen, if the only thing that you're leaving your child is, is money, a house, a car, then you're leaving them the wrong thing. There's some spiritual things that you need to be leaving your children that they can grasp a hold of and get a hold of. They need to see your life that it is what you say it is. The greatest inheritance you can ever give your child is the Word of God instilled in their lives that this is what I live. And teach them not to be a... We're living in a world where people are ashamed to say I'm a child of God. We need to raise our young ones up that they're not ashamed. And the way they're going to learn that if they sit in the church and they sit at home, they sit when you're out, that you're not ashamed of God. You're not ashamed of the Word of God, but you're holding on to it. We need to give our children something that they can grab a hold of and go forward for God. What are we leaving our children with to work with? David leaves the next generation. Three things, and I'll be through. Three things. I don't know, maybe five things. I don't know. I'll make them up as I go. How's that? But we see in the text, David left him the right kind of songs. Do you realize the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32, about Solomon he knew 1,500 songs. I can't remember 1,500 words. But he knew 1,500 songs. Did he learn them on his own? Oh, no, 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 no. 
He heard his daddy singing. Uh, he seen it at the house of God in the temple worshiping. He heard his daddy singing those songs. Uh, and when he got home, uh, he heard his daddy singing those songs. I can see this uh, uh, late at night when all the servants are in bed asleep uh, and David's going through the things he's going through. He's uh, the king. He's got all the pressure on his life. And I see Solomon kind of peeking, peeking around the corner there. And there his daddy sat and says, Oh, you are my rock. You are my fortress. I'm trusting in you. And about that time, he sees the tears run down his daddy's eyes and he's singing about God and giving God the praise. He says, Solomon says, you know what? My daddy believes what he's singing. Are we giving our children the right kind of songs that they can go forth on? And let me just tell you this. If you take the songs you got today and take away the lyrics and the music does not point you to the word of God, then you're giving your children the wrong kind of songs. And David didn't sing one song at the house of God and got home and turned that boom, chicka tune, boom, chicka No, David had the same songs in church, at home, everywhere went David had the same songs. He left him the right kind of songs. I believe he heard his daddy saying, for the Lord is good. He's merciful, everlasting. His truth endureth forever and ever. Amen. I, I believe he heard him say, he reached down and touched me when I was low. When I couldn't go any further, my Lord reached down. I believe Solomon heard David sing these songs and they stuck with him. It stayed in his mind. It stayed in his heart over and over and over. And he starts singing those songs with his dad. I see kids here, they'll sing those songs. We sing them and I see them singing those songs today. Listen, if you're wondering what direction we're heading into, we're heading forward. We're going to head forward. I, I believe it's the old-fashioned preaching, the old-fashioned singing. If you're waiting on somebody to strobe lights up here, smoke scream, to do a dance, get that rock and roll show, then I'm sorry, but you're sadly mistaken. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. We're, we're going we're to have the songs here that was built, uh, the rock of ages. There's power in the blood. Uh, and those songs that will stand the time. And let me just say that, you know what? The things that churches are doing today is nothing but a fad. You walk into church today and the lights are out and the lights are flow, throwing on stage and everything. It's nothing but a flat. God is not the God of darkness. He's the God of light. Crank the lights up. Let people see. Amen. That boom, chicka, boom, boom, tune, boom, chicka, boom, boom. You don't know where you at in some churches. But let me just say this. Fads like all fads, they will pass away. What's going to happen to the church when the fad they're doing today ain't working no more? It ain't good for the kids no more. It ain't good for the congregation no more. What's going to happen then? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Just like a drug, they're going to have to find something else. They're going to have to build their life on something else. They're going to have to look for something else to get them to that high. Well, let me just say this. What, the, what, what will the church look like in 10 years, 20 years? I'm going to tell you, we're, we're, we're living in a mess now. 
But if we allow this stuff to keep going and this stuff to keep moving forward, the church is going to be like uh, no standards, no truth, and whatever you want. Amos chapter 6, verse number 5. The Bible said they chanted sounds of the vow and invented themselves instruments of music like David's. In other words, what it's saying is their music sounded like David's, but it wasn't David's. It wasn't David's. Their worship had the element of chant. They said the same things over. Have you ever been in the church that done that? Over and over and over and over. And they got themselves into a trance. And they were chanting it. And brother, if that's not where we're at today in churches, where are we at? That's the modern day contemporary churches right now are doing exactly the same thing. They got this. Let me just say this. The devil is the greatest imitator there is. And the music they got in churches today, boom, chicka, boom, tomb, something's wrong with churches. We need to leave our kids something that's solid, something that works. Let me tell you what, amazing grace has been great for a hundred years now. It's still standing the test of time. Churches are still singing that song. There's power in the blood. Churches are still singing that song. Are you been washed by the blood? They're still singing those songs. We don't have to reinvent the music God already gave it to us um, um, my my David gave him the right kind of songs and I, I believe we're giving our kids the right kind of songs the songs that we stood on the songs that I grew up on we've got the same songs and let me just say this it worked for me, it worked for you, it'll work for them. We don't have to go in there and reinvent the music program. What we got works. And what we got works, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let it stand. God give it. And David gave him the right kind of music, right songs to sing. He also gave him the right kind of stories. I can see David sitting in the, on the throne and Solomon come by. He said, come here, son. Let me give you something. Let me tell you a story. He tells Solomon about the bear and the lion coming to uh, take the sheep. He says, I, I tore them up with my bare hands with the power of God. He says, I, I was down in the valley of Elam. And there was a giant nine feet tall cursing my God. And everybody else shaking. And everybody else doing nothing. I, well, you know what I did? I went down to the brook, got me five smooth stones. And I went down there and I looked at that giant right in the eye. I said, me and the living God's going to get you. And about that time, he takes one stone out and starts to swing. He says, God and the power of God and my sling, we brought that giant down. He's telling him, he's giving him stories of deliverance of what God had done for him, how God had delivered him when he needed God. And let me just say this, your kids need to know that their God of deliverance is the same God today when you have been delivered. Hey, let me tell you what, does your children know the story of God delivering you from the giant of sin? 
Can they tell you the place? Can they tell you the time that God deliver you? If they can't, then you need to go home and sit down with your kids and say, look here, and this is when I got in touch with God. This when God touched me. This when God changed my life. They need to know that there's a deliverance in your life that they can apply it to their life. Amen. Amen. They need to know the stories in your life. They need to see that, hey, you serve that God. They need to know that God still saves old sinners. They need to hear those stories of deliverance in the life. They need to know, they need to know that God still pays bills. God still heals. They need to know that. And let me tell you what, and if they see it in your life and they heard the stories in your life, it would be instilled in them that when they need God, when they follow their needs, they're going to know, hey, hey, my God did it for my daddy. My God did it for my dad, mama. I know he'll do it for me. They need to know the stories in your life. Do they know that? Do they know the stories when God healed you? Do they know the stories when God saved you? Have you told them how God has led you and how God has directed your life, how God has put things in your life, how you work for God and love God? Do they know those stories? See, we see them coming to church all the time. And I think I'm going to ask when we get back to church full time with everybody, I'm going to take your kids to the side. When did your mom and daddy get saved? <laughs> Amen. When did your grandma get saved? Amen. Oh, uh, 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 you better start telling them. You need to let them know that God is God and God is real and God is in the business of deliverance and people out of sin and out of sickness and out of depression. They need to know that, hey, whatever they're going through, that God is there and ready to deliver them if they call on God. David gave them the right songs and David gave them the right stories. But let me tell you what, we got stories in churches today that's unbelievable. I think some Sunday school teachers makes up stories just to keep the entertainment to kids today. I'm telling you. It's in the Bible. You don't have to make up stuff. Just read the Bible. He gave them the right kind of songs, the right stories. Can I say this? He gave them the right scriptures. 1 Kings 4.32, not only did Solomon... Knew 1,500 songs, but he knew over 3,000 proverbs. And that's amazing since the, the book of Proverbs only gives us 31. Where did the rest of them come from? How did he learn that many? I'll tell you how. By daddy. Daddy showed him. Daddy told him. Daddy let him know, hey, this is what God's done. This is what God, I trusted in God. I didn't trust in myself. I didn't put faith in myself. It was not in my hands, but it was in the hands of God. It, it would have been something if he took the word of God of the scriptures and handed it to Solomon. Said, look here, Solomon. Not every word in here is right. There, there are some words over here did not say that in the original. That's just plumb holes. Horse feathers. Most people don't even know what the original transcript is. 
What good would it do to tell your children there's some mistakes in the Word of God? Some of them's not this. It don't mean that. What good would it tell your children to tell them that? Now they got something in their hands. They just say, hey, I doubt that. I don't know if that's true. I'm starting to doubt it. You ought to tell them every word, every dot, every tittle in this Bible is true. I believe in it and I'm trusting in it and I'm putting my faith in it. And you ought to too. When you give them the word of God, you let them know that it is the living word of God. Nothing has changed. They got all these fake Bibles out there. The non-inspired version, the uninspired version, no inspiration at all Bibles out there. We need to make sure that when we hand this word of God, the scriptures off to our kids, that we believe in it. We trust in it. And, and we, we believe in it and trust in it. Then therefore I'm handing this off to you. And David gave him the right scriptures. He showed him hey this is the way to go. He gave him the right kind of songs. The right kind of stories. The right kind of scriptures. That they will be able to build the right kind of church. I don't know what this church will look like in 20 years, 10 years, I don't. But I do know this. If it's going to be the church that's built on the right things, it will last. But if you build it on something less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness, it will fall apart. It will crumble down. I see churches today that's going through the motion. They're nothing but high-class social clubs. And people seem to like that. They like to see the preacher in the pullover shirt and cut off blue jeans. They like that. I don't. I think the Bible said, bring your best. And if that's the best you got, come and see me. I'll buy you a suit. Amen. But if we don't give them the right stuff to build the church on in the future, the church might not be here. It might not be here. If we don't give them the things they need, the tools they need to keep going forward, then we might as well shut the door. If we don't believe what we're reading, we don't believe what we preach, we don't believe what we sing, then we might as well shut the door. Because if we don't believe it, our kids are not going to believe it. And if they're not seeing it at home and that what mom and daddy does at church and they're not seeing it at home and then something's wrong with mom and daddy. David taught Solomon a lot by just Solomon watching him and studying him and looking at him. He says, my daddy knows it's real. He sings those songs. He sings it real. I believe he believes it's real. He said the scriptures are real. I believe my daddy believes in what he says. Listen. I don't, I've told you, we're not going to build the biggest church around. But I can tell you this, we'll build the biggest spiritual church there is. We'll, we'll build the best church there is. Now, I'm not in competition with anybody around. I'm not in competition with no other church. In fact, we're all on the same team. But if we don't give them the stuff they need today, we might as well walk away and give it up. He said... Here's Solomon, here's the, the right kind of songs you need to sing. And here's the right stories you need to know that God is still delivering people every day. 
He gave him the right scriptures. David believed in the scriptures. David lived by the scriptures. He said, Solomon, here, this is what you apply to your life, and God will take care of you. But I also see something that David left that's really not good. David left his shortcomings. We get on Solomon for having 700 wives and 300 concubines. We get on to him about that. Well, let me just say this. As a thousand mother-in-laws, you ain't got it that bad now. But where did Solomon learn that? From daddy. From daddy. You get to studying David's life and get to looking at David's life. By the time it's 2 Samuel chapter 3, David has six wives. Six wives. And by the time you get to 2 Samuel chapter 5, he got a whole bunch more. He's teaching his son all this. Everything's good. The songs are good. The scriptures are good. The stories are good. But he's also teaching his son some things that should not have been taught. I, I look at my children. When I look at them, I see my shortcomings. Mine. That's my fault. I see the shortcomings of my children, and I start to see the shortcomings of my grandchildren, and it all stems back from what I have done, what I have taught. And let me just say this. We need to make sure that what we're doing, what we're teaching is biblical, is strong, godly stuff, not something that we... You need to get out yourself. I want to make sure I lead this generation something that will keep them strong. Keep them strong in this Christian walk in this world that we live in. We need to show them everything they need to do. We need to show them how to pray. We need to show them how to sing. We need to show them how to shout. We ought to tell them it's real. It's real when we shout. It's real when we pray. We ought to tell them the scriptures are real and you need to apply them to your life. We need to instill in their hearts that this is the word of God. We need to give them something that they can fall back on in life. What are we giving our children today? What are we giving the next generation that they can grab hold of and go forward for God? Are we giving them fables? Are we giving words that we don't even believe in? Are you giving them something that you truly believe in? You know, if you believe in something, there's no doubt in your mind. There's no doubt. If you say this is the scriptures, this is the word of God, there should not be a doubt in your mind. Shouldn't be. But yet... There are Christians today that will doubt certain things in the Bible. Well, I don't believe that. I don't believe the flood came like that. Well, the Bible said it did. I, I just can't see how Jesus can rose on the third day. He was dead. Well, the Bible said it did. I believe it. You've got to believe every word in the word of God. Amen. What are we leaving our children? What are we leaving this next generation that they can go forward and bring glory to God? I'd, I'd hate to be 20 years from now and come back here to drive down this road. And I look over here and there's an empty 
lot. That this church is not here anymore. It's gone away. You stop, what happened? Well, they, people just fell out, fell away. There was nothing left. They didn't believe in anything. They just said, hey, we're here. I believe, I believe, if we give our kids, the next generation, every equipment. David told Solomon everything about the temple that he needed to know. He prepared everything that he needed to have. Solomon stepped off with not any doubt in his mind that he was not prepared to build a temple because everything was given to him. Our children need to be the same way. They need to be able to step out and know that everything we give them, everything we have prepared for them, everything we're handing off to them, that is no doubt in their mind that it will work. It worked for you and I. It'll work for them. So what are we handing off to this next generation? 